0: What is up, everybody, and welcome to the first edition of the all NBA Podcast. Now, in this podcast, we're going to be talking everything NBA. I think it's going to be weekly. We're going to see if I'm going to be able to keep that up. But right now, I'm going to say it's going to be a weekly thing. I'm going to react to everything that's happened in the NBA in the past week. And eventually, our, even in the second episode... I want to have you guys join the podcast and we can have discussions about anything you guys can ask questions um, you guys can say anything you want about NBA basketball so that should be exciting. I wanted to do this first episode just by myself um, just to you know get everything set up, explain everything you know start everything off so the first thing I want to do is react to game one of the NBA Finals now this is really really hard. That game, you go into the game with pretty much no intentions. Now, me personally, I want the Cavaliers to win because I'm a big LeBron James fan, and I just hate the Warriors. Everything about them, you know, Draymond Green, I can't stand him. Kevin Durant, I can't stand the fact that he went to the Golden State Warriors. We can we can save that for another time. Um, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, I actually like, but I just can't get over the fact that um, Kevin Durant joined that team, and it's just unfair how good they are compared to the rest of the NBA. In my in my opinion, uh, Houston, I think Houston would have beaten them if Chris Paul hadn't gone in hadn't gotten injured, but he did. So, you know that's really unfortunate. But I came into the series figuring the Warriors were gonna probably beat the Cavs in five games. That's honestly what I thought. Like last season, the Warriors pretty handily beat the Cavaliers in five games, and the Cavaliers had Kyrie Irving, which the Cavs don't, now, don't have now. The Cavs pretty much downgraded from last year. They got rid of Kyrie Irving, and they replaced him with Jeff Green, with, um, who's their point guard? George Hill? Really? How are the Cavs any better? Um, I'll tell you how, because LeBron James... Is somehow better in his 15th season, but still, the Cavaliers should have been on the decline and the Warriors should be the same. I mean, they they haven't gotten any worse, except they've added Swaggy P, which should should make them better by a by a huge amount. But it's whatever. Um, the Cavaliers, I really didn't have any hope for them coming into the series. And the game started, and they they were ahead most of the first half, and I was actually really surprised. I was like, hmm, they're actually in this game. This doesn't seem too lopsided like I thought it would be. But then I figured, you know what? Houston was up on Golden State, I think both games, uh, game 6 and 7 in the Western Conference Finals. So I figured, eh, the Warriors aren't focused. They're going to turn it on in the third quarter. They're going to blow out the Cavs and it's going to be a blowout. You know, 20 points, 30 points, something like that by the end of the game. I really didn't have much hopes. For for the Cavs sustaining any competition with the Warriors, but unsurprisingly the Warriors started off the quarter on a run. I was like, here it goes, the Cavs are about to get blown out. But they actually just hung around. They didn't get the lead. They didn't let the lead get too high. It was around like six or seven or eight the whole first part of that quarter. And then LeBron just started hitting these crazy threes. And all of a sudden, it's a tie game. I'm like, oh my god, could this actually happen? Then LeBron hits that one three that was like four or five feet behind the arc on the left wing. And he just knocks it down. They go up by three. And I'm like, there's no way this is actually happening. Because the Warriors actually aren't that great in the fourth quarter. It's really the third quarter that you have to worry about. So as long as you can keep them at bay in the third quarter and don't let them blow you out. You have a pretty good chance. At least that's what I was thinking at the time. So we go into the fourth quarter and it's kind of a back and forth. The Warriors go on a little run and I'm kind of worried. But then the Cavs come back. Uh, Kevin Love hits a big 3. Shout out to him. Um LeBron James just he was extremely extremely clutch. Unfortunately, we won't be nobody's really talking about that because of the outcome. But there, it was like three times in a row. He just drove to the basket and scored in the clutch. He switched on the Steph Curry. There's nothing he could do about it. There was no help defense. Nothing at all. It it was insanely clutch. But uh, unfortunately, that was overshadowed by a series of unfortunate events, which it's hard to go over. But there's there's so many things that went wrong for the Cavaliers in that fourth quarter. That like the second half of the fourth quarter, every single thing went wrong. Now, the the um, charge call on Kevin Durant, on the Kevin Durant drive, it was originally a charge on KD, and I was super excited because before that, I believe LeBron hit it and one. He hit the free throw, so they were going to be up with possession with like 30, 40 seconds left, and that really turned the tide of the game. Now, I really... I guess technically it was a blocking foul, so I guess, you know, it makes sense that they changed it, but they shouldn't have been able to review it in the first place. The only reason the refs can review a charge like that is if they were wondering if it was in the restricted area or not, and clearly he was out of the restricted area. He was like five feet past the restricted area, so there was no reason the refs should have been reviewing that call. It's it's just crazy. But they, they overturned that, and I'm just like, oh my god, how, how, is, how is that even possible? Of course, Kevin Durant hits his free throws. He's a great free throw shooter. Um, um, and that's just one of the things that went wrong. There was the strip on George Hill, or not on George Hill, but the strip from George Hill on Kevin Durant. That was a perfectly clean strip, and of course they called a foul because it's Kevin Durant. And then on the other end, the, the possession right after that looney fouls LeBron James and he doesn't get the call. How is that? How? Like it doesn't make any sense. The first they call a foul for Kevin Durant when he's not even fouled and they don't call a foul for LeBron James when he is fouled. So that that resulted in a turnover, another big sw- another big um win for the Warriors. Um what else happened? Okay, I also want to highlight Kevin Love fouling Steph Curry. On that drive to the basket. If he just let him lay it in or he fouled him so he couldn't make the shot, then the Cavs would still be up. The fact that he got the three point play allowed the Warriors to tie the game, which is, you know, extremely important in the end of the game. So we move on to, oh my goodness, one of the weirdest sequences of events in basketball history, probably. LeBron makes a good pass, a solid pass. Although I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't have minded him taking the shot. He was switched on to Steph Curry, I believe, but it was a good pass. If Klay Thompson didn't hold back George Hill, he probably would have had a layup right there. So it was the right pass. Klay uh, Thompson makes a really smart decision by making him make the clutch free throws instead of just giving him a layup. That was that was a really good move by Klay Thompson. But, George Hill goes to the line. I was really, really worried. I didn't... I just don't have that much faith in George Hill to make clutch free throws. Like, I know he's a solid free throw shooter, but is he really that guy? I just don't think so. So, he makes the first one. I have, have a, a huge sigh of relief. I'm, at least the game is tied so um, the Cavaliers don't lose, you know. But, the second free throw, I f- I feel like... He should have made the second free throw because he made the first run. The pressure is a lot lower, but he, he breaks it. it. It's not even close. Jr. grabs the rebound. I'm like, okay, okay. Are you going to lay it in? Are you going to pass it to DeBron, who is open on the three-point line? He's just calling for the ball. Nope. He dribbles the ball out. What are you doing, Jr. Smith? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I really don't know what to say. It was one of the weirdest things to watch. I was just, like, standing there, like, like, um, is he gonna, he's dribbling out to do some kind of fadeaway? Like, that's something J.R. Smith would do. But nope, he was dribbling it out because he thought they had the lead. Oh my goodness. If he just went up for a layup, I know Kevin Durant was there, but if he just used the rim, protected the ball with the rim and his body, and used, um, the right side of the glass to lay it in, he probably could have laid it in. Or he could have passed to Braun, who probably, if he if Braun would have hit that shot, he would have had a 50-point game winner against Golden State on the road, Game 1. That would have been one of the best performances in Finals history, even though it was still a huge performance. 51, I think, 8-8, and 8. but he just didn't get the win. So it can't it can't be one of the best Finals performances in NBA history. It just can't be because he didn't get the win. But um, So Dare Smith dribbles it out. Everybody is screaming, what, what are you doing, LeBron? You know, the meme that, that is uh, being used a million, million, million times. I just don't understand what he was thinking. It's such an important moment. You have to know the score of the game. How do you not know the score of the game? There was like a timeout right before the free throws, I believe. That much time, and he couldn't figure out what the score of the game was. It just doesn't make sense. And then he just throws it to George Hill, who gets blocked because, you know, it, it was just a really bad situation to be in. But I do think J.R. Smith gets a little a little bit too much slander because George Hill deserves just the same amount of blame for not hitting that free throw. Because it's not like they were down and J.R. Smith didn't know. The the shot probably, statistically, was not gonna make it. So in reality, um, he, he would have thrown up a shot, and then it would have missed. And I'd be like, okay, whatever. And then we would all blame George Hill. But because J.R. Smith did this inexcusable thing, George Hill just gets he just gets um, an excuse. Nobody really cares about it. Eh, it's whatever. He missed a free throw. But um, he has just as much blame in this whole situation as J.R. Smith and even Kevin Love for following Steph Curry. If, if one of those things could have gone right, just one out of the three, the Cavaliers would have walked away with a steal in game one, which would have been huge because they probably would have won the series. Like looking at this game, the Cavaliers are probably going to win their home games because the role players just play so much better at home. It, the Warriors looked like worse competition than the Boston Celtics did in the Game 1 matchup that the Cavaliers played for both of them. So that, it was just crazy how close how close the game was in the first place and that so many things had to go wrong for Golden State to sneak a win out of it. And now I really don't think the Cavaliers have a chance in, in Game 2, which is tomorrow. I'm really looking forward to it. Klay Thompson, he's a little shaky. He might miss the game but I really doubt he does Um, I think the Warriors listed him as questionable but he said he's he's probable to play um he's just got a high ankle sprain and some bruising so he'll probably be able to play through that but if he's not 100% and Andre Iguodala is still out the Cavaliers might have a chance but in, in all reality you know Kevin Durant isn't gonna have that bad of a shooting night two times in a row, like, it's just not gonna happen, Draymond Green, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson all shot pretty well, so you don't really worry about that, but Andre Iguodala might be back, there's just, there's just such a little chance the Cavaliers are gonna find themselves in that situation again, which really sucks if, if you were rooting for the Cavs to win, because they, they probably would have won the series, right, if, if they stole that game, they probably would have won the series, they would have lost game two, they would have won their two home games, lost in Golden State, and then won um, Game 6 in Cleveland, and that would have been it. They would have won the series, and that would have been immensely great for LeBron's legacy. He would have been 4, no, yeah, 4 and 5 instead of 3 and 6. Oh, man, that's not a good look, but you can't really blame him with all this stuff that's going on. Um, that's how bad the Cavaliers are compared to the Warriors. It's just completely unbalanced, but it's whatever, it's whatever. If the Cavaliers, if everything goes right, and Gr Smith makes up for his mistake and hits seven three-pointers and the Cavaliers sneak out a win, this has to say something about Kevin Durant, because Steph Curry has been playing really solid, and I just don't understand what's going on with Kevin Durant. He seems, his skill is always there, it's just he seems disinterested. Like, the whole J.R. Smith incident was only caused because he got a rebound, which he shouldn't have gotten in the first place. Kevin Durant just let him have the ball. He's just standing there like, okay, dude, I know you're going to dribble this out. You know, just take it. Like, he could see the future or something. Kevin Durant is completely uninterested in this series. And I don't know what it is. Maybe he just wanted the one ring, and he's, he's just not hungry for it anymore. I mean, maybe that's it. Maybe there's some distractions going on in his life. You never know what's going on in people's minds. But he's just not focused like he was last year. He's not moving off the ball. Like, Klay Thompson and Steph Curry move off the ball so well. And Kevin Durant, he's just kind of standing there. All of his points he gets from, like, wide-open threes or post-ups, isolation post-ups. That's not his game. He needs to be in transition he needs to be doing things. He needs to be um, attacking the rim, driving the ball, all this stuff. All he's doing is every once in a while, you know, the defense will get lazy and he'll get an open three just just from standing there, not from you know setting uh, setting screens and moving off the ball to get open. He just stands there, and every once in a while he'll get the ball. He'll shoot the he'll shoot the three. He's a great three point shooters. That that's fine. And all of it, all of his other points are scored from these like these Dirk. Nowitzki faders. Like, I don't know why he's not just shooting over people like he normally does. He's, he's doing these turnaround jumpers, and it's just really unnecessary because he's. But he's missing a solid amount of them, and he's shooting under 50% for the past, what, three or four games? He hasn't shot the ball well since the early parts of the Houston series, which is kind of crazy because he's one of the most efficient scorers in NBA history, so. I really don't understand what's wrong with him. Um, but I I doubt it it'll stay this way. I mean, it's he's been kind of consistently bad for a few games, but he's he's just too good of a player for this. He he's bound to turn it around in game 2 or game 3 and go off for a crazy night, which is kind of scary. Okay, so for this next topic, I want to talk about my 10 top NBA players in the in the NBA right now, okay? Um, I saw who I saw Colin Coward's top ten NBA players, and I saw that and I was like, oh my god, dude, what are you doing? He had Ben Simmons at number five. Ben Simmons, the fifth best player in the NBA? That is absolutely crazy. Um, Ben Simmons, he's not the best player on his team. He's not an all-star. He how is he a top five player in the NBA? Colin Coward, you are absolutely crazy, my dude. Absolutely crazy. So Starting off my top ten players, I have LeBron James at number one. That that's just so obvious now. You know, there was there was that uh that that crowd of people saying Kevin Durant's the best player in the NBA. No he's not. No he's not. And he's just proved it in this playoff run. LeBron James has been so much better than Kevin Durant in this playoffs. It's been unreal. So LeBron is is he's miles ahead at number one. There there's no explaining either right there. Number two, I still have Durant, even though he's been kinda of disinterested and he seemed, um he doesn't he's not locked in like he was last year. Talent wise, it's just he's the most um unstoppable offensive player in the NBA in terms of scoring. You know, LeBron James is better because his passing is so amazing, but just in terms of scoring, Durant is Unmatched. He's probably one of the best in NBA history, honestly. So you have to put Durant at number two. Also, his defense. His defense is better than LeBron's, and it's better than most people on this top ten, frankly. Um, going to number three, I have Stephen Curry. Now I know that's gonna receive a lot of attention because um, a lot of people. Curry's kind of been sliding down a lot of the people's list. You know, four, five, six. But no, this dude. He's a two-time MVP. He's a two-time Finals winner. He's he's the third best player in the world. Who else is better than him? James Harden? No. Have you seen this guy perform in the playoffs? It's just, in the regular season, it's crazy. It's like, I saw this game. He played, I forgot what it was. He had like a 50-something point triple-double, and it was just unreal how unstoppable this dude was. And... Mike D'Antoni was saying, like, he's the most unstoppable offensive player he's ever seen. Better than Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and all this stuff. And he he was looking really good. He's probably the MVP of this year. But when it comes to the playoffs, he's just not that great. I mean, he's still a solid player. He's still amazing. But he's just not that great. He's not on Steph Curry's level. He's not on any of these other players' level, really. He shot like 40%, 35%, and got like 29, 30 points. A lot of the the uh, closeout games in the Western Conference Finals, that's just not going to cut it. When when Chris Paul is injured, you have to have a monster performance to prove your dominance. And he didn't do that. He just had solid games, which you can't have in the spotlight like that. So um, I really can't put Harden over Curry. I don't understand that. Curry's proven himself. Um, I know... He's had some injury issues and he hasn't always been 100% in the playoffs, but this past finals, he was amazing. This playoffs series right now, he's amazing. So I'm going to put him at number 3. And number 4, I have a healthy Kawhi Leonard. Now, it's kind of hard to gauge Kawhi because he's he's missed a whole season. Um last year I had him at number 3, but I just I just haven't seen him in so long. I can't put him that in the top 3 players in the NBA right now. I just need to see him prove to me why he's in the top three again, and, th- and then I might put him back in there. Number five, I have James Harden. Now, I just, I know I just kind of went off on James Harden, but the dude, he's just special, okay? He needs to be in the top five players in the NBA because he just won MVP, probably. Maybe, m- maybe LeBron won it. I think LeBron kind of should have won it, but he's probably going to win MVP. He's got to be in your top five, okay? Number six, I have Anthony Davis. Now, this dude proved to me in this finals run against Portland and even a little bit against the Warriors, this dude's just unstoppable. His jumper, his athletic ability finishing on the rim, and his defense. He's, I think, a finalist for Defensive Player of the Year. This guy is unguardable. He's unmatched on defense. It's just amazing what this guy is doing. Man, I I really... Feel bad about the whole Boogie situation. I feel like they could have made some serious noise in the in the playoffs. But you know, maybe next year. I guess I feel I feel like the Pelicans would be better if they just kind of let Boogie walk and they signed a small forward. Like imagine a line lineup of Rajon Rondo, Drew Holiday, Paul George, um, what's his name? Nikola Mirotic. I think that's his name. And uh, Anthony Davis playing center. Like, imagine that lineup. That would be absolutely insane. Going on to number 7, it's going to be Giannis, the Greek freak. The dude is just absolutely crazy. Um, I know he kind of got knocked out in the first round, but the Bucks got a, a whole bunch of slander that they didn't really deserve for losing to the Celtics. Um, I know at first it was like, the kyrie Celtics, you know, the Bucks should have won. This They, they should have showed some improvement from last year, but after what Boston did in the second and third round, it just kind of proved that the Bucs actually did a good job. They went to game seven against the Celtics, which the, the Philadelphia 76ers, which was like everybody's Eastern Conference Finals pick at some point, they couldn't even do as good as the Bucs did against the Celtics. So I think Giannis deserves more credit than he's gotten. Um, all around defensively, offensively, athletic ability, He's a solid passer. I mean, his shot, it isn't there yet, but I think he'll get there um, in a in a few years, hopefully, if he keeps working on that. Number eight on the list is Kyrie Irving, one of my favorite players and future New York Knicks. No, maybe, probably not, but you know what? A guy can dream. Kyrie Irving is just so unstoppable on the offensive end. It's absolutely crazy. I think this this was exemplified against the Warriors that one game that the Celtics played against the Warriors in the regular season, and Kyrie and Steph Curry both went off. I mean, the guy's just so unstoppable on offense. His handles, best ever. Nobody has ever had better handles than Kyrie Irving. His finishing, one of the best finishers in the league. I mean, who can you name that's a better finisher than Kyrie Irving? I want to hear what you have to say. Um, Shooting, he's a great three-point shooter. Everything about about his offensive game is there. There's really nothing Nothing he needs to work on. Um, defensively, he's he's okay. He's, he's not great, but you know what? He spends so much energy on offense. I mean, what can you really expect? Plus, in Brad Stevens' system, he's got so many great defenders. Kyrie doesn't really have to carry that much of a load on defense. We can give him a pass. Kyrie Irving, he's my number eight player. Number nine, this is going to be a little controversial, But I have Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers. One of my favorite players. I love him. He's a better winner than a lot of other players. Now, I know many of you are going to want Boogie Cousins on this list. And I get that Boogie Cousins is the most talented center in the league. I get that. But he doesn't lead to winning. He stops the ball so much. He needs the ball in his hands. He doesn't play defense. It's just Joel Embiid. He can shoot the three-pointer. He can defend, he can play off the ball, he can play in the post, he can play anywhere. He's just he's just unstoppable on offense, and he's one of the best defenders in the league. I think he's also in one of the top three for Defensive Player of the Year. I don't think he'll win it. I personally think Rudy Gobert is going to win it. But still, being in the top three proves you're a really, really solid defender. So, just off of his... His defense and his ability to play off the ball, on the ball, his versatility, basically, on offense, is what gave him the number 9 spot on my list. Also, what he did to bring the Philadelphia 76ers to the playoffs. I mean, I know it was kind of disappointing how they lost to the Celtics, but everybody, nobody was expecting that. Everybody was making fun of them a year ago. They were an awful team. And then everybody was expecting them to go to the finals. It's just crazy what him and Ben Simmons did for that team. Now, number 10... We're finally getting to the man, Russell Westbrook. Now, people, a lot of people are leaving this guy off their top 10s, and I'm just like, what? This dude was just the MVP last year, and you're already putting him off your top 10s. Now, I am a Knicks fan first, okay? So I'm a huge Carmelo Anthony fan. So I was rooting for the Thunder to win the Western Conference and the championship, actually. I was rooting for the Thunder all the way. And it, was, it is frustrating to see Russell Westbrook play because he's, he's, he's inefficient, he takes bad shots, he's kind of selfish at times, but come on. This dude is extremely talented, extremely athletic, and he plays with so much passion on both ends of the floor. He has to be on your top 10. He was just the MVP one year ago. How does he become... Um, MVP, and he has, like, the same numbers. Obviously, his scoring went down a little bit because of Paul George and Melo. But he still averaged a triple-double, and he goes from MVP to not being in your top 10? Seriously? That's absolutely crazy. So, I had to put him in there. Obviously, he could have been a little higher, but just because of his inefficiency and inability to make others around him better, as we've seen with Paul George and Carmelo this season, I just... Had to bring him just to the 10th spot, but he, he's got to be in there. It doesn't make sense not to have Westbrook in your top 10. So that's going to be the first edition of the All-NBA Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I want to have you guys on the podcast next time. So if you guys want to be on the podcast, just let me know via my Instagram, nicks.believe. Um, I know a few of you have already reached out to me when I sent an, uh, an Instagram story talking about this podcast. A few of you said to me that you wanted to be on it so when i'm looking for people to be on the podcast i will reach out to you guys um who've already contacted me but you guys should definitely let me know if you want to be on the podcast we could talk about anything the nba finals um new york Knicks, because i'm a huge Knicks fan you guys know it Um, So I can talk about the Knicks all day. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, on iTunes, everything that I can figure out how to upload this to. I honestly have no idea how I'm going to get this podcast uploaded. But hopefully I figured it out. If you're listening to this, that means I figured it out. So go me. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I will talk to you later. Goodbye.